Ask Pastor podcast. We are going to enjoy the third and final installment uh, of um, the pastoral stories. And this week we're going to enjoy hearing from Pastor Brian. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your upbringing, uh, just what we've done uh, in the past couple of podcasts, kind of do the same thing for us uh, and include your uh, salvation testimony in there, how the Lord brought you to himself. Uh, start at the beginning with us and, and, and share some of that. Sure. So I grew up in Hubertus, Wisconsin, which is a small town just north of Milwaukee. So as a, a good Wisconsinite, I was raised to love the Green Bay Packers and eat lots of cheese. <laughs> an expert snow sledder as yes. well, probably. Yeah. Actually, in, in my, my childhood, being in more of a rural town, we um, had lots of that type of activity. Um, our house was on a dead-end street, and there was big hills that we would sled down during, uh, during the winter times, and really had a, a really enjoyable upbringing and childhood experience. Um, woods in the back, friends in the neighborhood, and uh, just loved going out in the woods, playing with my brother and, the, and our friends in the neighborhood, building forts and, and, and doing things like that. So very uh, much of a rural type of, of upbringing. Though I was involved in sports in the local community, playing soccer and baseball, as the opportunity um, allowed. Spiritually, um, I was born into a home where both of my parents were religious but were unbelievers. So that's the type of home that I was born into. However, God began to work in my mom's heart through a friend who took her to an exercise club. So every day that they would go, they would drive back and forth together, and my mom's friend, who was a believer, would uh, witness to my mom, give her bits of the gospel and truth from God's word. And, and through that testimony, God began working in my mom's heart to show her that what she had been brought up in and what she had been taught and what she believed was contrary to what God's word said. So it was on one of those rides home that uh, my mom was really described with conviction and told her friend that she really wanted to be saved. And so that night, rather than going to the exercise club, they went to the church and talked to my mom's or my mom's friend's pastor. And it was at that point that my mom placed her faith in Christ and really changed the trajectory of our family. It took a couple years for my dad to understand the gospel completely and come to that point where he was ready to make a decision about salvation. But um, he also did too. So by the time I was four, we had uh, left the church that we were going to. We started attending the church of the pastor that led my mom to the Lord. So really from a very early age, I was exposed to the gospel, both in church and at home. And it was really a great, really great privilege for that. And as a young child, God began working in my heart. And there was one service where as I was sitting in the, the auditorium listening to the pastor preach, he came finally to the end of his message and he, he made this comment. He said, if you don't know for sure that when you die, you will go to heaven, come forward and someone can take the Bible and show you from God's word how you can have that assurance. And I sat there, I was six years old, and I didn't know if I was going to heaven, I didn't know if I was going to hell, but I definitely knew that I was a sinner and that I wanted to know Christ so I went forward that night, and uh, one of the deacons there at the church took me to a room, opened up the scriptures, went through the plan of salvation with me, and it was at that time that I repented of my sin and, and placed my trust in Christ as my Savior. We went to the Christian school that was there, so continually exposed to God's Word. 
As I went throughout my junior high and high school years, I was heavily involved in music, began taking saxophone lessons um, when I was in um, sixth grade there, and just did a lot as far as music was concerned. So as I began to get to the end of my high school years and considering what path I was going to take for college, music was a, an obvious choice for me because I had been so involved in it. But then also, the Lord greatly used um, a number of the uh, male teachers in my high school years to mold me spiritually. They had a big impact in me both inside the classroom as they taught and outside the classroom as I had interaction with them. And so as I looked at what I wanted to do, um, the Lord really put into my heart that I wanted to have that same impact on others in a school setting. So I decided, well, I'm going to go and study music education. So in the summer of 1997, um, started preparing for that. And then in that fall, I went down to Bob Jones University and enrolled as a music ed major. It's, it's neat to, a couple thoughts come to mind. It's neat to hear, first of all, an, an important reminder for us that uh, when we share Christ, it doesn't just affect an individual. A lot of times the Lord can use it to affect a family. Right. And, uh, and, and that is a, it's a huge blessing to hear about that, how one uh, faithful woman's testimony uh, and uh, intentional reaching out uh, ends up having a major impact on a whole family. Right. And it, it, was, it was over a period of time. Yeah. And that's also really important when it takes we patience. have that gospel opportunity to remember God works through his word, through his people, and sometimes we don't know how long it's going to take when yeah. we're sharing the gospel. It's at his pace, and redemptive relationships take time and effort and uh, commitment. Mm-hmm. And another thought comes to mind, too. I think we need to uh, inform our music team at church that uh, you have some maybe some hidden musical abilities as well. Perhaps well. <laughs> they can rope you into some special music or something. Yes, I did um, I did play a special <laughs> with um, uh, for, for church at one point, and we'll see. <laughs> well, I tell you, um, I know that based on our conversations in the past that where you just left us off is actually a really pivotal year for you. Yes. Um, your freshman year in college, the Lord um, put some significant changes in your life and really changed a trajectory for you. And uh, some things that were not planned ended up being very significant, uh, a very significant year for you. So why don't you kind of tell us what happened at that point and how that, how that changed things? As I, as I look back at my at my freshman year of college, it really was it really was an unbelievable year. Obviously, being at home all through high school, living there, coming down to college, I'm now on my own. And there's a lot of decisions that uh, freshmen have to make when they come down to college. And who your friends are going to be, how you're going to spend your time. My brother was already down here, and so God used him just to kind of help me in a number of different ways and my thinking and, uh, you know, some of his friends became my friends, which was a great influence upon me. And um, I remember coming back um, in December and having the opportunity to talk to the youth group about my first semester at college and standing before them and really giving a testimony of God's work in my own heart and the change that he made between that first day that I walked onto campus until that end of, of that first semester 
and just the growth that God took me through, both through classes I was taking, the chapel messages I was hearing, and the friends that God was putting into my life. Um, it really wasn't a significant um, time of growth. Yeah, it's an intense learning experience. It the is. The first semester of college. It is, yeah. and valuable. Yes. Very valuable. Second semester, God wanted to grow me and my family in a different way. And that came about as it was discovered that my father had a brain tumor. Um, he had been having some headaches and just kind of was putting them off and not wanting to deal with them. And finally, my mom was pretty insistent and said, you just need to go to the doctor and talk to the doctor and see if you can figure out what's going on. So he went to the doctor. Um, they did ran some tests and, and did some other things and um, basically said, you know, you need to you need to um, get somebody to come pick you up because you're not ready to go home with what you have. And typical of my father, he just decided to drive home and tell my mom. So uh, my brother and I were at college at that time, and um, we got a call over the PA system when we were in the dining common that we need to go to the dean of men's office. And uh, we both looked at each other trying to figure out what the other one had done that was so bad. Um, but when we got to the, to the dean of men's office, they explained to us what happened, so we immediately flew home. The story of God's grace in our family's life throughout this time is amazing, and I could spend a lot of time talking about that. But suffice it to say that um, Dad had surgery, and it removed a lot of the tumor. But by the time they discovered it, it was a stage four glioblastoma. This was back in 1998. They did the best they could. They got as much of the tumor out as they could, but it was a very aggressive tumor. And so very quickly it grew back, and with chemotherapy um, and radiation, um, it really didn't help. So it was a difficult time to see my dad go through that someone who was strong, vibrant, actively involved in ministry at the church, always willing to do whatever needed to be done and help people to being in a bed all the time at home. And it was a, a challenging time for all of us, but um, as God's word says, that when we pray and give our troubles to God, he brings a peace that passes understanding. And that really was a testimony for our family that even our unsaved family saw during this difficult time, God was giving the grace that we needed. So in, in June of 1998, uh, my father passed away and went home to heaven. Okay, so that was like February to June. Yeah, it was, was a very the, short time period. A very short decline yeah. there. Yeah. And it was interesting because God not only did a work of growth in my family's life, but he did it in my dad's life also. Um, and my brother and I have often talked about this and talked about this back then, that my dad was a good man and he loved the Lord. But that time of between when he discovered the brain tumor and the surgery until he passed away, God really transformed him into a very, very godly man. And um, it was really neat to see God do that through a very difficult trial um, in his life. So what what happened after that? I I know that there were some. It changed your college plans significantly right. when when that summer was over and things like that. Right, feeling so new priorities and it did. And so after, uh, and this is you know I, you look back and you just see God's hand guiding and um, working circumstances out in our lives for our good and for His glory. So. 
Dad passed away in June, and obviously, um, you know, that fall would be my sophomore year of college and wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. And uh, probably in July or so, the church that I was a part of um, up in Wisconsin decided that they were going to start um, a, a small Bible college. And so after thinking and praying about it, I talked to my mom. I thought, well, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to stay home for a year, take some classes here at this Bible college. And I talked to the, the leadership and it sounded like they might be able to transfer. I didn't know for sure, but I thought it'd be worth a, chan- a, a try. So I thought I'd take some classes that would transfer down to, um, to Bob Jones and then head back for um, my junior year or however it would put me as far as my credits were concerned. But stay home that year with my mom. And so that's what I did. <clears throat> and uh, it was a good year. Um, there were some great classes that I took. Uh, there was only 12 of us that first year of, of, of the college there, and most of them were my close friends that I had known. So it was really a really neat year of transition between having dad around and then making that transition to living life without him. So it was a really, it was a really good year. So we're coming to the end of that year, that college year, trying to think about what I was going to do. And so I sat down and talked with my mom, and I really wanted to go back down to Bob Jones, continue my music education degree, which I wasn't going to be able to get at this Bible college because it was going to be specifically for ministry. And um, as we were talking about it, she was just wasn't 100% sure that's what I should do. And I you know, wanted to honor my mom. I respected my mom. And yet there were so many opportunities for me. Um, at Bob Jones with um, music and uh, there was a group that was making a CD that they wanted me to be a part of with my saxophone and um, it was a really really tough decision but eventually came to the understanding that what I wanted was different than what God wanted and um, that was a hard decision I went and decided to finish my schooling at that small Bible college so Changed my plans and ended up um, enrolling as a Bible major with a, with a music emphasis up there and then finished uh, my college degree um, at that small Bible college in Wisconsin, which, um, you know, there's so many things that God did even in those three years that I was there that I'm very, very thankful for um, as far as what he did in teaching me things and preparing me for the life that he was planning for me. And one of those other things that he had in mind was meeting your wife, right? Yes. At that little college, which probably wouldn't have happened if you had gone back to BJU. Exactly. Yes. Um, and that, you know, all that took place actually after um, after I graduated and been gone for a year. But that is that is right. That is where I met Kate. Because she attended the college as well, right? Right. She okay. was two years behind me. Yeah. Um, and so I actually had to go four years at that Bible college because of some traveling that I did with the ministry team. Um, so she was two years behind me, but I was with her for um, two years in, in, the, in the college there. So how did God direct, you know, you personally and then the two of you together after that? Uh, what, what were some, I know there, there are a lot of miles traveled uh, yes. that, that are represented uh, with the two of you uh, and a lot of life experiences that a lot of us don't get the opportunity to have. So share a little bit about the post-college experience and then maybe just tie all that in with how the Lord used that in your life and the direction and the life experiences and, and the skills that you developed 
uh, and then how he directed you to Greenville and, and, and everything else. So as, as I finished my college degree, uh, coming to the end, I was thinking, what am I going to do? What does God have for me? Um, that desire to influence young people was still there, um, and yet my degree was in a little bit different of a direction. So I was thinking, well, maybe a music leader at a, at a church, possibly Bible teacher um, at a school. Um, I just wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Well, again, God's providential hand brought um, a couple from Ireland to stay with my mom. This was a national pastor who was saved in his early 20s, uh, came to the States, got his Bible uh, degree, and then went back to pastor that church that he was saved, um, saved in. And my church up in, in Milwaukee had a close connection with them, so he was coming and stayed with my mom. Uh, he and his wife stayed with my mom while he was preaching at a conference at our church. After they left, my mom said to me, she's like, Brian, you know, I think... Really think that um, you should think about going and working with um, David O'Gorman. I really think that you would benefit from his ministry and learn a lot. And I, I really had no plans after college, and I thought, hey, you know, that sounds like a, a great idea. So I contacted him and uh, ended up working out to go over there the fall of 2002. And I went over there just as an intern, I guess you could call it, but I was just going over there to be any asset to the ministry that I could. Small church. So a young person coming into that ministry, the pastor was very excited to have. And so I ended up having the opportunity to lead the music there, to lead the youth there, um, helped out with their Christmas programs and um, um, visitation programs and just a, a lot of different areas. And, and during those um, few months that I was there, the Lord just put a love in my heart for the church and for the young people that were there. My time there was just amazing. Well, at the end of those four months, Pastor Gorman came to me and said, Brian, there's some people in our church that want to start a Christian school. Would you be willing to come back and help start that? And obviously, I was excited about it because education had always been part of what I wanted to do. But starting a Christian school was something that I wasn't anticipating. So as we talked about it, um, you know, there was a group in England that I was actually going to help us start this Christian school, and um, I would get some training there, and then I would, would help get the, church, the school off the ground. So after praying about it, that's what the Lord did. The Lord directed and um, went back there in, in 2003 in the summer, did the training, and we started the school there in, in 2003. So um, that was my main ministry at the church was was the school continue to do the youth and um, lead the music there but the school really became my focus and i i absolutely loved it being able to have the impact on others um, through god's grace like those men had in my life during those years then kate was always in the back of my mind and um, she was finishing college and so it was in the um, spring of 2004 that we started corresponding, looking at our, our relationship. Um, I had known her, obviously, in college, and um, the Lord really clearly directed as we began to pursue his will for our lives together. As we talked to each other, as we wrote back and forth, um, and I came home for her graduation that um, May and then was home all summer, ended up getting engaged uh, towards the end of that summer, Went back to Ireland, and then in 2004, the Christmas of 2004, we got married, and we went back together as a couple and served the Lord there until 2009, 
when the Lord providentially directed us back to the States from Ireland. Um, it wasn't a thing that we were wanting to do, but it was a visa issue with the government where it wasn't, just wasn't going to work for us anymore to serve there. So we came back to Indiana. You had two or three of the kids in Ireland? Two. Okay. So, so Leah, Leah and Scott, and Scott right. okay. both of our redheads, were born in Ireland. <laughs> I have no idea. Something in the water. Exactly. Um, so both of them were born over there. So we came back in, in 2009 to Lafayette, Indiana, where my father-in-law is a pastor, and I got a job there working um, in a warehouse. That time working in that warehouse, God used in an incredible way in my life. I had gone from being actively involved in ministry all the time. That's what my life was consumed with, ministry and people, and I loved it. And then I came back, and now I'm in this warehouse, and I'm packing engine parts, you know, eight, ten hours a day, and I'm like, what am I doing? This feels worthless, like purposeless, and like, God, what are you doing? And... I went through a really difficult time of trying to figure out where I was going because I had no direction in my life. And God taught me a very important lesson because he, he taught me that, that I was looking for satisfaction in doing the work of God rather than finding satisfaction in God himself. There's a big difference because if we find satisfaction in God himself, it doesn't matter where he puts us, we can be happy and content and satisfied because he is the one that we're looking to. So through a period of months, God took me through a very low time in my life and brought me out with this realization that, you know what, I am doing exactly what God called me to do. I am, um, he has led me here and he'd use this opportunity as a means of witness to my coworkers. God is using this to provide for my families and I'm still involved in my church and he is my satisfaction and this is what God has called me to do and I can find purpose and meaning in that. Well, once God got a hold of my heart in that way and kind of rearranged my thinking, God gave me a new desire that I had never had before. And it was a little bit unusual when, when he first started working in my heart that way. And this was a desire to go into pastoral ministry. I was always interested in ministry, but more in a educational, secondary type of role. So this desire that God began to work in my heart of becoming a pastor was new. So I was really praying about this and, and trying to figure out what, what God wanted for me. Was this just some weird thing or was God directing my desires in this direction? I began to realize, no, this was God's doing in my life. And then at that point I realized if God was directing me in this way, I needed to get some more education. So it was at that point that um, God directed us to come down to Greenville to study at Bob Jones University. So that was in 2012 that we moved down here to Greenville. Uh, so along those lines, with, with transitioning down to Greenville, you have a, a family at this point, mm-hmm. uh, three kids, I guess, at that point, a wife mm-hmm. and three kids, and uh, moving down to Greenville to start a completely new phase of life. What are what are some of your memories from that, uh, how that transition went, maybe some things you learned through that transition, and then obviously how God directed you to Cornerstone and then um, why you're still here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, the transition, um, there was a lot of fear that was involved in coming down, yeah. a lot of unknowns. Yeah. When I first moved down here, I had two jobs lined up. Um, one was, I thought for sure, the second job was a backup. Both of those fell through. Hmm. So the first couple months that we were here, I didn't have a job. 
So I was trying to find a job while at the same time trying to find little yard working jobs that mm-hmm. I could do to just bring some cash in while I was waiting for God to provide a permanent job. And that's a story in of itself of how God provided through um, yard working jobs just in an amazing way, just getting jobs word of mouth. And um, it was God was good to us during that time. So the fear turned into confidence as I saw God starting to answer prayer, especially as he provided for us financially through those jobs. And then he gave me, uh, provided a job working for an organization in Greenville that works with kids that have autism. So I was, again, working with kids, doing something that I loved, um, while at the same time preparing for future ministry at at Bob Jones. So that was a a great blessing to me, and I actually ended up working in that organization um, all the way up until I, uh, God directed us here on staff at Cornerstone. But when we first moved down here, one of the things I was not looking forward to was uh, finding a church. Going <laughs> to take a couple years maybe? Yes. Yeah. I knew that there were a number of different good churches, solid churches that were down here. I knew a lot of people down here. And so anytime I would talk to somebody I knew, they would always say, oh, you got to come, come to my church. You know, you'd, you'd love it and it's great. And so Kate and I decided when we moved down here that we would visit churches and give each church a Sunday and a Wednesday and kind of work our way through some of the churches that of people that we knew. I had asked for some recommendations of, of one of the seminary um, faculty. So we began to visit churches, and our third church that we visited was Cornerstone. And obviously, pastor has his Welcome to Cornerstone class, and that was the first time that we ever experienced something like that in any of the churches that we've ever been a part of, and mm-hmm. here in Greenville in particular. And I just thought, wow, this is a great opportunity to see what this church is really like. Pastor's going to go through all of these different topics. We get to ask any questions that we want. And so I said to Kate, I said, you know, let's just, let's give this church these six weeks and see what, Yeah. and then try a different different church after this. So we went through those six classes and we really enjoyed that and loved pastor's philosophy of ministry, loved his emphasis on the word. And we loved the fact that no matter what question was asked in Welcome to Cornerstone, he always had a biblical basis for his answer. And that was huge for us. The Lord just directed us after those six weeks, we continued to attend and then got connected with people, um, saw different ministries and areas of involvement. And the Lord just directed us to, to be here um, to make this our church home. And we were so thankful for God's direction and bringing us, bringing us here. We obviously love Cornerstone and the people that God has, has brought into our lives through Cornerstone. Yeah, but, uh, it, you know, you were in seminary and uh, loving your church, but not necessarily anticipating anything here beyond graduation right? Uh, from your uh, post-grad work. So over the years, what happened to, um, to lead you to uh, continue to be a part of what God's doing here? instead of graduating and, and, and moving on to somewhere else. So as, as any seminary student goes through seminary, they never really know what the future is going to bring. Right. And it seems, when you first start seminary, it seems so distant in the future, you don't really worry about it. Well, as I was coming to the end of finishing my degree, because of the way God has worked in my life, I was confident that he had a plan. And so there really wasn't that fear because his transition of us to Ireland, us to Lafayette, us to Greenville, God just teaches you and you learn to trust him. And so I knew he had a plan. And yet I didn't, I didn't know what that was. 
And so just really praying about it and asking God to give direction. And as I prayed, different ideas, you know, would come into my mind. But I was just waiting, waiting for God to show us what his, what his plan was and, and direct us. Going through seminary and thinking about what God had for me in the future, the God had put a desire in my heart to go into a, um, a senior pastor type of role. Mainly because the, the assistant pastors that I was familiar with basically were very narrow in their focus. Whether it was a music pastor or a youth pastor, that's pretty much all they did. And I really wanted to have the opportunity to shepherd people yeah. as, a, as, a, as a pastor and to have opportunities to preach and to minister in that way. And I knew here at Cornerstone, in seeing how Pastor organized himself with, with you, Chris, as the assistant pastor, I really liked that philosophy where there was a unity there of pastors and not a pigeonholing of, of the assistant. Yes. So I, I jokingly always said, you know, I'm not really looking for assistant pastor position unless it's a church like Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. So graduated, and uh, that summer, still just praying about what God wanted me to do. Uh, there was a church that contacted me from New York asking me for my resume. Um, they gave me a phone call one morning um, while I was um, on a break at work and took the phone call, talked to them. They told me who they were and the fact that they wanted my doctrinal statement and my resume. So I hung up the phone and was totally not excited. <laughs> I was very uneasy. I was unsure. I was nervous. I was thinking, I don't know if I really want to do this. And was it just nervousness because it seemed like maybe this is actually finally happening? Or was it... I can't, can put my, not, I can't yeah. really put my finger on it, yeah. except for the fact that I think it was, it was the Lord. <laughs> sure. Because... This is what I've been praying for and working towards and thinking about for the last five years as I've been slowly working my way through seminary. An opportunity presents itself, and now I'm nervous and don't really want to do it. And I Like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> yeah, I called Kate, and I said, Kate, I just got this phone call, and I don't know why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, well, let's talk when we get home. So we got home, and we spent about a half hour just talking about it, the possibility, talking through my feelings and how um, unsure I was about it. And it wasn't the church because I didn't know much about the church. It was just the fact that a church had called. Yeah. Well, in God's providence, we finished that conversation. And less than a half hour later, I got a call from Pastor Reimers (laughs) saying, Brian, would you be interested in serving as an intern at our church? And as soon as Pastor said that, I just knew that's exactly what I wanted to do, to continue to learn under pastor and to have an opportunity to be in a situation where I could function as an intern, but as a pastor in in that type of role. And this is all in the same day. This is all in the same day. That's amazing. Within, literally within 12 hours, God God did all of this. Um, And so I completed that internship and the Lord graciously allowed us to continue on and serve here um, in a pastoral role, which I have loved and every day I'm very, very thankful for. Well, we certainly are too. One of the reasons why is because of the gifts God's given you and the experiences that he is giving you that we uh, all benefit uh, from. And of course, not just you, but, uh, but Kate as well. So we are thankful for that. And what a blessing to hear how God works in lives and how he directs and most importantly, how trustworthy he is as he does that. 
that's not just true of pastors. That's true of all of us. So uh, praise the Lord for how he's directed, and uh, we are very thankful that he has. On our next Ask Pastor podcast, we will be featuring a question regarding an apparent contradiction in the Bible. If you have a question you would like answered, please email me at brianhoffman at cornerstonebaptist.info.